Hello and welcome to another podcast from us here at Energy Sport. My name is Jack Donnelly and with the return of the Scottish Premiership this weekend, we decided to get some of our football writers together to discuss the new season and have a few conversations over what we think could happen between now and May next year. I don't personally have a horse in this race, so it makes me easy to have a lack of a bias, so I'll be kind of running the questions today. But the same could be said for our first co-host today, as his beloved hearts have officially been relegated after a long and arduous legal battle that resulted in nothing, really, nothing positive mm. for the club. Jamie McIntosh, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, I think um, you mentioned the legal battle. I think it was obviously wishful thinking to think we would get reinstated to the SPL. Um, I was very surprised that Hearts tried to tried to stop the promotion of um, of the other teams. I don't think that was that was a good idea. Um, I'm not sure that was something that was ever really going to happen. But I thought they would have probably got some compensation. Um, but it wasn't to be so. I'm just glad it's come to an end, to be honest, because I was getting sick of it all anyway. And um, you know, it's it's happened just in the just in the nick of time as yeah. uh, as we prepare for the resumption of football in Scotland. So certainly looking forward to the start of the Premiership. I have to say, despite my team not being in it, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it as well. I mean, obviously my team haven't been in it in, for m- many years now. I think certainly in my life. Many many years. <laughs> I, I was going to come on to you there, Sean, and just say that you you would. Uh, <laughs> You'd be happy to back me up on that fact. I mean, I don't have a bias for any Premiership team, but I, as an Air fan, I certainly do have a bias against one. And I'm sure the next co-host, Sean McGill, he'll more than make up for my lack of bias. So I think he can speak for... Uh, he, he won't speak for me when he's talking about Kelly, but he'll speak enough. He'll speak enough about Kelly to warrant my lack of uh, love for them. So you you done all right, mate? I'm fantastic. Yeah, it's good to... Um, be one of the two people on the podcast with a Premiership team, so I think that's always <laughs> a good a good start. And yeah, I mean, I wasn't looking forward to the new season too much, considering on Tuesday Kilmarnock still didn't have a goalkeeper in their squad. Yeah. Um, there is one now. I don't think he's very good, but it, he's got hands, so that's a good start. <laughs> that's all you really need. I put a pair of yeah. hands, and that's the main qualifying factor that's what hearts were lacking last well I was going to say I would beg to differ actually (laughs) because I'm pretty sure hearts had three goalkeepers and I think they all had hands but you wouldn't really know so I would beg to differ that hands is all you need but (laughs) yeah that's probably a good point that's 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 entirely fair Uh, finally joining us in in our final co-host of the day I know for a fact that this co-host will be struggling to remain uh, neutral when it comes to one certain team especially when you uh, mention the likes of Ryan Kent, Joe Aribo and Ianis Hadji. Taylor, how are you doing mate? Uh, I'm, I'm actually happy, optimistic happy and looking forward to it You're looking forward to that, that, that You've been entirely optimistic for the like majority of the time we've spent football spent without Scottish football about Rangers chances this season, so I mean <laughs> I've, I've not really seen you happier Honestly, it's just it was a good feel about it. it just everything the, the club are doing what you would expect the club to be doing, like best. They're spending money, getting decent players in to stop this title uh, charge, and hopefully, you know, we could come victorious in the end. But I feel like they've done everything they possibly could. They've got a good manager behind them. They've spent money, and yeah, just just a wee bit weary about you no know, Morelos kicking about if he's still gonna be here by the end of the window. But you know, I have full belief that we'll get some deals in. If that is the case, mm-hmm. ah, you would like to think so anyway, and I suppose time will tell. I mean, it's a it's a long, long drawn out season, so we'll just need to wait and see how things end up. 
once the season finishes in the middle of May next year. Uh, what this podcast is going to be, basically, we're just going to, I'm going to ask a few questions kind of for each of the teams and we're all just going to have a bit of a conversation about it and just let opinions bounce off one another. With that in mind, the first question of the day, I'm starting at the kind of top end of the table and working my way down based on last season. Jamie, I'll come to you for this one. Is 10 in a row happening this season? Plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah, for me. Um, Yeah, I think so. I I backed Rangers, I think, the last two seasons now. Mm. I think, if I remember rightly. Um, Or maybe even three, actually. When did Rangers come back up to the the Premiership? Was that three... Three whole, whole seasons ago. So I think oh. I've backed Rangers the last three seasons now, actually. So uh, much like Watford, they're they're finally getting binned. So uh, yes, <laughs> Celtic's title this season, uh, this this season coming. Um, I'll take that because you know whenever you back somebody, it ends up going opposite. So I'll take that. <laughs> mm, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. No, personally, I can't see past Celtic. Um, you know, I'm not even focusing on Morelos or anything. That's not. I don't care about Rangers. Just, I just think Celtic are just a better team, um, personally. And I'm not. I'm not looking for bites or anything, Taylor. Honestly, I just can't see past Celtic as much as I would love to see my brothers from the M8 across the M8 win, <laughs> win the title. Um, I'm away. I, I can't <laughs> see past. I can't see past ten in a row this season. I'm afraid. <laughs> brothers from the M8. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great start. This is this is gonna this is gonna be a good one. I can tell. Uh, Taylor, how would you respond to that? I mean, how would you fancy? How do you fancy Rangers' chances of kind of reclaiming the title from Celtic after a long time without? If anything, I would say this is the best season for us to do it. Although it is the most pivotal. I'm not going to get in any conversation about stopping ten in a row and that because I have my own beliefs that. But uh, whether Celtic will win this title, you know. Oh, that I think it is going to be really tight. It's going to be such an intense season, and it's going to be absolutely. It's going to be ugly. Let's be honest. Like everything that doesn't go either team's way going for a title is just going to be kicked, reported. Everything just be absolutely like enhanced because. Of it. But I can def. I say this is the best time I could see. Celtic don't really have as going with this if they don't sign. Fraser Foster, which I don't think they will. I think mm. that gives us a boost, like Rangers, because he won physical one name a trophy. Like yeah. that performance he put into that cup final was unreal, and I was really worried. Although they do still have Edward, but you know I'm kind of half hoping that somebody comes in from England and tempts him away. But I don't think that'll happen. But in the same sense, when I look at our club, looking at Morelos, he is more obviously he's eighty percent gone, but. Going with what I'm seeing, like train photos, I still looks happy to be there, but Saturday will be big, big, <laughs> big tail. No, I think it will be a big tail. I was surprised at that because there's not really been any kind of rumour mill circulating about Edward. There's not really been any um, kind of breach of the faith that he would be well, moving on from Celtic. Did he not sign a new contract? Has he he's not, not signed, signed a new? It yet. No, has he not? I thought he'd signed yeah. it. There's probably right. an offer on the table. I yeah, I thought he'd signed a new deal, right? Fair enough. Uh, it's interesting that no one's kind of attempted to lure him away from uh, Parkhead just yet. But um, just kind of looking at how this table could end up finishing, Sean, it'd be fairly easy to predict another Glasgow 1-2 at the top of the table this season. But from kind of an outsider's perspective almost, I've seen kind of Motherwell of strength and Livingston of strength and like a lot of teams below are the two big gla- the old firm clubs have kind of bought well and they've started kind of looking a lot better and they've been 
potentially able to challenge? I mean, could you see anyone kind of setting the cat amongst the pigeons almost and disrupting that kind of balance that it's been for the last couple of seasons at the top? Um, no. Uh, I do think that... <laughs> plain and simple. I just think this season is going to be so focused on uh, on Celtic and Rangers with 10 in a row uh, sort of in the pipeline. I just mm. think that those two will be uh, looking to perform at a higher level than even they have over the past uh, couple of seasons. And while I think those sort of, um, like you said, those teams have got better, they have strengthened over the window, I can't see them any, any of them bridging that gap. And mm. I just think, even though I don't like looking at Scottish football through that sort of old firm prism, yeah. I think that if there's any season where you can kind of let that slip, I think it's this one. So I think before we before we even move on to the rest of the league, I think we, we, we probably should at this point put our prediction over who we think is going to get the title because it's going to be one of the two. And and Jamie's back in Celtic. I'd imagine Taylor's probably back in Rangers to get the title this season. Uh, Sean, who of the two would you put your money on at this point in time? It is really tough, but I just think we've seen Rangers struggle mentally over the past, couple of seasons and they're still to prove if they can really break teams down and that was their problem last season they, they were fine against Celtic but and fantastic in Europe but um, it's yet to be seen if the likes of Haji and Aribo can really be that X factor mm-hmm. and really win them these tough games so I think just based on the track record the stability and they know how to win league titles I would just give it to Celtic at the moment Can I just add one more thing in there quickly Taylor said that um, this is probably the best chance that the, the Rangers have had. And actually, I was sort of thinking, well, to be honest, I thought last season was was the best chance. But the more I think about it, Hearts aren't in the Premiership this season. So maybe Rangers have got a better oh, chance because yeah. that's <laughs> that's like six points, basically, in the bag for Rangers, surely. Because, I mean, they just didn't seem to turn up at Tynecastle last season. So. I, I look at that, that's six points uh, better off than we were last season. So I, I <laughs> it, was four, it was four, actually, because the draw you, ah, you lost draw. in the cup and the first game was a draw in the end, actually. They do still have to go to Rugby Park where they always struggle as well, so mm. that's a shame. <laughs> to be honest, I can I can see it going one of two ways. It'll be tightly run the entire way until Rangers decide to go to Dubai again and then it's Celtic's title to lose. Dubai's cancelled. I don't care. Well, there's there's don't no care. winter break this year, is there? I don't think I think they've cancelled no, the not. they've cancelled the winter break. So there's another thing with Rangers. Have maybe it? it is. I think so. So there's another uh, another advantage in Rangers' favours. So they don't have to go to Tynecastle and there's no winter break. So, I don't know, maybe I'm starting to change my mind there. Maybe, actually, maybe it is Rangers' season after all. <laughs> we need to wait and see. All the signs are pointing towards it. Uh, you're predicting Celtic, no winter break, no Tynecastle. <laughs> this is it, this is it, this is it. But we know what Stephen Gerrard's like under pressure and title race. So uh, yeah. we'll just yeah. have to wait and see if things slip. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to put it in there, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had, I had yeah. to go on there. I had to get one. Oh. The Chelsea side of me is just coming through again. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll start looking at the kind of our best of the rest. Almost you would like to think um, the best of the rest last season, of course, was Motherwell, who enjoyed a massively successful campaign, finishing third. Uh, Taylor, are we expecting Motherwell to kick on and replicate a similar finish this season, especially with some solid recruitment in the window and fit again? David Turnbull coming back, more or less, as a new signing for this season. You would think. A hundred percent. I I always look at Murrow as being the best of the rest, like out all of the teams. Especially the only other team before them, I'd say, was usual when it's Hearts and that. But um, when they were fighting, see, like earlier on, when basically when they first even came to the Premier League, 
after being in the Championship. But I would actually say overall, Murrow have been performing better than what you would say Aberdeen have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with Stephen Robinson being at the helm at Murrow. He's turned players from non-league into well, truly uh, tried and tested Scottish players now. Uh, Scottish league players and especially with the uh, addition of Turnbull back this season I can always see them improving on last I know I think I think it is going to be a big 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 season for them um, I think J- Jamie's been keen to kind of talk up their strikers especially when we were talking about uh, getting our, our personal fantasy league going I mean J- Jamie how do you see kind of Motherwell attacking this season I think as a team, I think uh, I've been really impressed with Motherwell. So, you know, you said they came third last season and, um, you know, I just had to double check that because I was like, oh, you know, really, cause, uh, just because it seems so long ago and, and yeah. um, obviously they, I think they finished a point above Aberdeen in the yeah. end. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Paris, they've, they've, they've gone and signed um, Jordan White from Inverness and he, he, I saw him a couple of times when, when Hibs played um, Inverness in the Cup last season at oh, Easter yeah. Road and they pumped them 6-2 or whatever it was um, I thought oh god you know, he just looks like a big a big lump um, but I feel like there's so many times where I've thought that about strikers not necessarily just in Scotland but at Motherwell as well and they seem to manage to kind of get the best out of them yeah. so guys like um, goodness knows Louis Moult and Curtis Main you know, Curtis Main was, was brilliant at Motherwell and then went to Aberdeen and turned back into the donkey that I think everybody thought he was in the first place. So I'm really impressed with um, with Motherwell last season. I think they've got a solid back line as well. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of uh, Declan Gallagher. Yep. Mm-hmm. When Hart signed Craig Halkett, I actually wanted them to sign Declan Gallagher instead of Craig Halkett, um, personally. So a uh, big fan of him. They've also got Ricky Lamy in from um, from Livingston. So uh, I think he's another solid signing. I'm a big fan of Mark O'Hara, who um, was formerly of Dundee. He always seemed to score against Rangers. You probably remember him, Taylor. Um, okay. Who else? Turnbull's coming back. Uh, Jake Hastie's back in as well. I'm a big fan of him. And obviously Chris Long as well, hopefully will continue his uh, his his good first season in, uh, in Scottish football last season. So big... Uh, High expectations of, uh, of Motherwell this season, and I will put them as best of the rest for me. So third place finish for Motherwell under Stephen Robinson, who of course uh, was rumoured to be taking on the Northern Ireland job yeah. um, before uh, Tommy Wright was uh, was then offered the job. So big plus for Motherwell that Robinson is still there. I think they deserve best of the rest based on the the new the new kits alone. The the two new Motherwell shirts there, probably some of the best I've seen in Scotland at least. Mm. Uh, but you mentioned you mentioned strikers and how important they are and how Mother will tend to get the best out of them there. One striker that won't be seen for a good four months now is uh, Sam Cosgrove. Just a couple of weeks after Aberdeen rejected a seven-figure bid for their main man, he's been sidelined with a with a really bad injury that's not going to see him really until the new year almost. Sean, how big a blow is this for Aberdeen, especially like in a season where kind of teams around them are becoming more competitive and can they really recover from this and have a decent season despite the the lack of Cosgrove for a prolonged period of time? Yeah, Cosgrove's a massive blow for Aberdeen. I mean, 20-plus goals the last couple of seasons. He's really it's been a, a meteoric rise for Cosgrove. And obviously it's a huge blow financially as well considering they accepted that bid. It was just seemed to be that Cosgrove didn't fancy the move abroad or thought he could get a move to a decent English Championship side. 
Um, in terms of how it affects Aberdeen on the pitch, they actually dropped Cosgrove at times last season mm-hmm. uh, when they went through that big scoring drought. Uh, the the way they got out of it was to go to three five two and their front two with Niall McGinn and Curtis Main. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, that's not massively exciting, but um, yeah, considering the amount of goals he scored over the past couple of seasons, it's a big blow. I think Aberdeen actually, I initially thought that they were going to struggle because they haven't really made any additions other mm. than Johnny Hayes returning to the club. Yeah. But if you think about the signings they've made over the past couple of windows it sort of stands them in good stead Ronald Hernandez will now be there at right back um, to sort of try and make an impact he's come over from the States I think about that midfield Craig Bryson Dylan McGeek Lewis Ferguson and um, Ojo as well that's a, a very good sort of mix of midfielders to have there um, that they can rotate pretty easily so I think Aberdeen definitely still will be in the conversation but yeah Cosgrove's a massive blow I I mean it I mean, when it comes down to it, obviously they've been able to drop him, but it's losing 20 goals a season easily. I mean, no team's going to really do well if they're, if they're losing that amount of goals. Uh, another another team that I'd really be keen to keep an eye on this season is Livingston. I really like the way they've worked in the market. Uh, they've managed to keep a hold of Lyndon Dykes for now. They've knocked back two uh, big bids from down south for him, which I, I really like to see. I like to see uh, Scottish clubs actually holding out for more, mm. when, especially when they know their players are worth a lot more than what they've been offered. And of course, of course, I'm always going to like a team that signs a young, young, promising winger from Air United. Uh, Alan Forrest made the move to Levy, and I'm really excited to see how he fares in the kind of step up. Uh, Taylor, how good do you think Levy can be this season? As you said, I really like their recruitment, especially. Um, I think the signing, basically, not the signing, the aspect of being able to keep Lyndon Dykes so far is really good because he is definitely just. He's been thriving under Livingston and under Gary Holt's basically management. But another good sign, I know this is going to sound so biased, but another good sign I think is really good, the fact that he managed to get Ross Mc, uh, yeah. no, Ross, uh, Robbie, Robbie. back Robbie. in one mm-hmm. uh, for another season. Because uh, when he went in January last year, um, he was he was uh, unreal for them. He was doing very well. And basically, I think he even won them, I'd, I'd say probably in a short spell was there, Three, four points just on his own, which is oh, right. if you, definitely. If you think in the short games he played, that that's a massive, basically a uh, cue, uh, basically for uh, Livingston, and it helped him project into the top six. But especially if you think about it, we've talked about Murrow signing like Reece Lam- uh, and basically Murrow also managed to get Deco Ganaga, Hearts getting Halkett. Livingston are a club now that managed to replace the players. Basically, it looks like they've not changed. So you could clearly see Livingston have a system where it's like no, it doesn't matter the player. The player has to buy into the system. The system doesn't go into the player, and that's what makes him I think really successful. I know definitely. I think I I think uh, Robin McCrory is probably a very good sign because it works well for both parties really. Because uh, Alan McGregor's not getting any younger. He he's probably kind of on on the way out almost. You would think and with. Robbie McCrory getting that full season at Livingston that they just built this year, that stands him in good stead for replacing McGregor once he returns to Rangers next summer. We've uh, also got John McLaughlin in mind. Good oh, goalie. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's that's a good signing. Uh, very good. Uh, just quickly before you move on from Livingston, how how much credit does you know Gary Holt get? You know we speak about the recruitment on a budget that is surely 
next to next Minimum, to nothing. Yeah. A free course meal and the Tony macaroni itself, probably. <laughs> but how how much credit do we think Gary Holt deserves for? For you know, not not uh, for replacing these players that were so pivotal in Livingston's first season back in the Premiership. Your likes of your Craig Halklets, your Declan Gallagher's. I think I think it's, deserves his credit. It's a really. What are you going to do? So I was just saying that basically he deserves his credit, and basically that he has on his own proved that he is a really good manager in his own stead, and I think he should actually get tipped for bigger jobs than what he does. Hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I was listening to an episode of The Terrace and they were sort of ranking the best managers in Scotland just now and they sort of gave a, a caveat to Gary Holt because um, I didn't know this at the time but his assistant manager, David Martindale, they say it's more like a co-management team. It's almost more like a partnership than that sort of mm-hmm. um, manager, assistant manager. And I was talking um, to Callum Carson about this from the Wesleyan Courier and he was saying that it's more David Martindale who focuses on things like scouting and recruitment and... Right. Um, and coaching and how to get these players into the system and Gary Holt's very much the one who picks the team and sort of uh, man-manages the players. So I think the whole setup at Livingston is just really fantastic and the fact they're signing players like Salim Kusaraisa who was playing junior football two seasons ago, he's had a great season at Queen's Park and then he's now playing in the Premiership. If that pays off, that just looks like an absolutely genius move. So, yeah. And it's what you want to see. I'd rather see players get signed from uh, the lower leagues in Scotland than sort of scraping around... Uh, the conference or League Two or whatever so yeah I think it's really exciting Aye absolutely I think it's going to be a really good season for Olivia I think think they're probably going to be my kind of team to watch for the season coming especially when my team's not in the not in the league to care about so we'll move move a bit further down the table kind of start talking about the teams kind of more mid-table just now Uh, I'll I'll give Sean his time I'll give Sean his time I mean (laughs) I don't like talking about them but I think we do, we do have to mention Kelly at some point today, or begrudgingly so. I mean, Sean said it himself earlier in the in the podcast. I mean, it wasn't until earlier, kind of in the last week or so, that they managed to secure a keeper. And there's not been a lot of kind of incomings from uh, other clubs anywhere else in the pitch. So, I mean, how do you see this season planning out at Rugby Park, Sean? I mean, is it going to be successful whatsoever? Um. It seems to be sort of just a season of consolidation for me. Um, I think a lot of Kelly fans would actually say this is one of our, our better windows and probably the best since James Fowler became director of football. Adam McGowan's come in from Hamilton. He was very highly rated there at right back and he replaces Stephen O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Hounstrups came from uh, Portsmouth on the other flank at left back and a lot of Portsmouth fans were really sad to see him go by the, the reaction on social media. Um, a few other bits and pieces as well. I still think Kamara really lack creativity in midfield than they have done yeah. since Greg Stewart left um, in January of last year. And we sort of just scrape through on sort of really working hard and really trying to carve out chances, but there's nobody you can rely on to sort of pick that great pass. Gary, uh, Gary Dicker and Alan Power are fantastic in midfield, but they're not going to um, sort of thread a ball through a defence. So I think that's definitely a concern. Um, Alex Dyer's kind of unproven he got the job I think because mm-hmm. as a result of the strange times we're in he didn't yeah. uh, set the world on fire in his uh, sort of interim spell so I think um, Kelly have a good enough squad that they won't be in an out and out relegation battle but I don't expect them to be pushing top six It, it's, it just seems d- days gone past since uh, Steve Clark left and you were pushing the top two the entire way I mean it just 
it, it's, it really just does seem like a rebuild process for Kelly at the moment. I need to make sure that, for personally anyway, I think they need to make sure they've just got the right personnel to be able to oversee that process and get themselves back to where they once were. Um, moving elsewhere across across the league, uh, Hibs had a very interesting season last year in the sense that they finished on more points than St Johnston, but ended up below them in the table after the league was decided on a points-per-game basis. Uh, in terms of who they've been able to bring in, they brought in Kevin Nisbet from Dunfermline, who I think is a very, very, very good sign, and I think I'm excited to see him in the step up, as they've also brought in Dre Wright for a bit of cover on the wing, and Alex Gogic, which was... Speaking to Struan, which was a much-needed figure in their kind of defensive midfielder, defensive line, rather. Uh, Taylor, how do we see the kind of green side of Edinburgh Fair in this season? Uh, me, personally, I think they've made good signings. Whether it was done in the right way, I don't know. But uh, definitely the recruitment of Nisbet is... 100% I'd say that's good because a lot of teams were after him and his goal scoring tally proved the fact he is a, a good striker probably not in the premiership though yeah but you not know, yet he's not been tested yet so I feel I feel like it, this might be actually the battle of Shanklin and Nisbet to see who can actually prove it at the top see out of uh, the players who did it in the lower divisions so I definitely say the Hibs have definitely got a good sign in there but Overall, losing Gogic, eh, no, signing Gogic as well, eh, Hamilton losing him, that's, that's an iffy one for me because I feel like Gogic probably suited Hamilton's style. I don't think he'll thrive under the way Hibs want to play or how they've got to try to play. But I, I may be proved wrong. But apart from there, as we know, Struan, the big Hibs fan he is, he says that basically they've got no full-backs whatsoever other than the ones that they've got. Mm. which is like Gray and Stevenson who are getting on a bit. So I could definitely see Hibs possibly finishing in the, the lower half of the table, but, you know, if Nisbet and Gogic and the players have done it in the past, like uh, Boyle, I see, I uh, Boyle, I can't remember his name, I uh, Boyle all perform like they have, um, then I wouldn't be surprised as well if they finish in the top half as well. So I could definitely see them probably finishing that fifth to seventh place. Mm-hmm. I could could really just go either way for them this season, I suppose. Uh, moving on, we've also got St Johnston, who I mentioned, are uh, finished above them despite having three points less than Hibs. Uh, it's been a bit of a kind of period of change at uh, Dermot Park. They brought in a new manager in Callum Davidson. Uh, Jamie, how do we see this season going for the Saints? I mean, is there anything to suggest that they can build on or replicate their sixth place finish from last year? Yeah, you know, there probably is. Um, I mean, you, I think you would be foolish to write them off um, one thing I will say is that with um, Hearts not being in the league that is St Johnson now have something to prove because whenever Hearts went to McDermott Park they were guaranteed um, St Johnson were guaranteed to pick up points because Hearts just couldn't win there so um, I think the fact that the Hearts are gone you know that is genuinely I'm not joking that is like four four points up for up in the air now for them and that might sound daft but um, they've they've brought in um, Davidson obviously as the um, as their new manager, and I think th- th- this will be interesting. This is a really really interesting season ahead for St. Johnson because obviously Tommy Wright. You know what can you say about Tommy Wright? There's so much you could say about Tommy Wright and St. Johnson side and what he achieved at McDermott Park. So I'm really intrigued to be honest to see how St. Johnson get on. Um, as for signings, they've brought in uh, I think Jamie McCart was he there last season? I think he was actually. 
Sean Rooney. Right, Sean Rooney. He's uh, he's come from Inverness. I think McCart came from Inverness as well, didn't he? He did. Yeah. So they've brought Sean Rooney in as well. Um, other than that, they've managed to keep a hold of uh, Alistair McCann, Ali McCann in the in centre mid, mm. who would probably be um, be my young player of the season last year. I would yeah. have said whenever I saw him, I was really impressed with him. And a fun fact for you, I played uh, youth football with him. Well, did you? So yeah, I did. So there's my claim to fame on uh, <laughs> on this podcast. So I think he's a he's a cracking uh, cracking little player to hold on to for them. He's only twenty, and uh, he's only going to get better. So I think they've done well to hold on to him, and I think maybe another if he has a, another season like he had last season, then um, I think they'll they'll probably do well to hold on to him after uh, summer next year. As for their finishing position in the table. I don't, you know, St. Johnson just seem to be a team that they're never going to be like, they don't seem to be fighting relegation recently, you know, they always seem to be in that mid-table bracket, yeah. so um, I think I'll put them there again, and I'll say um, a kind of 6th or 7th place finish for uh, for St. Johnson again, but a very solid season nevertheless. I think good, good Jumping team. in on um, Jamie's point about Callum Davidson, I think that is so interesting because you can't under underestimate just how successful Tommy Wright was. He's the first manager to ever win a major trophy at St Johnston. Mm-hmm. If you look at the the um, Scottish Premiership League table over the last 10 years, St Johnston are the fourth best team in Scotland. But that's a ridiculous statement to make. I think yeah. um, between 2012 and 2018, they were in Europe five out of six seasons. Like St Johnston aren't even used to being a Premiership club, let alone a team who's consistently in Europe. And with Callum Davidson coming in, he's kind of, I think, the perfect blend of... Um, Fresh, a fresh approach, but also continuity. Considering he's a club legend, mm-hmm. he was assistant manager under Tommy Wright, so yeah. he'll know how the club works. He'll know how they became so successful, but he'll also be able to bring sort of fresh ideas to this St Johnston side. It's got all the flavourings to be a really good appointment, definitely. Um, it's definitely got the, an opportunity to work really well for them. So I'm really intrigued to see how they how they fare, though. I yeah, absolutely, absolutely, completely agree. Uh, we'll have a we'll have a look down the kind of bottom end of the table just now, and uh, we'll start with the newcomers to the league this season and Dundee United. Uh, United they swept the championship last year. There wasn't really much of co- much of a competition. With uh, my hero Lauren Shankland, he became the first championship player since John McGinn at Hibs to earn a Scotland call up for his goal scoring exploits. Sean, do you think that Shankland and United can make this step up to the the Premiership this season effectively, and do you think that they they can really make a case for staying in the division? Shankland, yes. Dundee United, I'm less convinced about. Um, Shankland, I think, just sort of got that innate goal-scoring ability. Um, he seems to do it wherever he's been mm-hmm. and consistently as well. And I think that his time at Tannadice is very much um, numbered. Um, in terms of Dundee United, I'm not quite sure how good that squad is. I think people who are sort of predicting Dundee United to be quite high up the table are basing it on the fact that it's Dundee United and that's um, historically they have been a top six Premiership club um, I think Shankland has sort of papered over some of the cracks in that squad and I reckon they'll probably have enough to stay up but it won't be plain sailing for them at all No, and, I've got, and of course there's been a lot of talk, I mean just earlier this week Shankland was kind of spotted or kind of reported to have been speaking to Rangers uh, potentially as a Alfredo uh, Morelos sorry replacement. So I mean, if he goes, then I think there's there's going to be a lot more trouble uh, at Tanadice for 
United, but I suppose I, I would say that regardless about Shankland. It's re- really, really let my bias show towards the the, for, the former air players in this podcast. I realise, and it's not going to stop because I'm gonna, when we're talking about Ross County. I'm looking at them. They've loaned in a former air loanee from Rangers and Stephen Kelly this season, who I'm really excited to see playing the top flight. And they're also bringing Ross Doohan. I mean, he's eminently signing from Celtic when the two clubs are played. I think it was last weekend in the friendly. Uh, Doohan was trialling at County, essentially just played for County in the second half. Uh, they came up last season. And for me, they kind of seem to be in a process of kind of building towards a long-term stay in the top flight. Jamie, do you see it that way? And if so, I mean, do you think it's an achievable goal for them? <laughs> I don't know. I've got, you know, much like Dungeon United, I've got my doubts about this Ross County team. Um, you know, they've according to flash scores anyway, they have one goalie at the moment, and that's Ross Laidlaw. Um, he was the the boy so that was no obviously goalies. well, precisely. Yeah, he was the boy who who was at Hibs and never really got an awful awful lot of a looking. Um, didn't seem to be particularly highly rated. He, if my memory serves me right, he he did throw a couple in last season as well. Um. Yeah. As for defend, I, I like a couple of the defenders, and I don't know what it is about Ross County and Inverness, but they seem to just trade players all the time. So they've got it's so uh, weird. <laughs> for for considering it's um, it's rivals, you can imagine Hearts and Hibs doing that, or Celtic no, Rangers, or so yeah. They're, they're, oh, I appreciate there's kind of only two teams up that uh, <laughs> neck of the woods that are at this sort of level, so. Maybe if you are wanting to, to kind of move club, you don't want to move house and come all the way down to the rest of Scotland, maybe. But they've got Carl Tremarco as somebody I think they've signed this season from Inverness. Um, Liam Fontaine is still there. The, Con- oh, they've signed Connor Randall, actually. Yeah, Connor Randall they've signed. Um, I've seen him at Hearts, obviously. And uh, according to Flash Scores, he was at a club called Arda uh, last season. Who I've never heard of. Don't not know where they're from. Not a um, or, oh, they were in the. Oh, they're Bulgarian. They're uh, they oh, were a Bul- uh, they were Bulgarian. Um, yes, yeah, so that that's where he was. So I'm sure he's gained some fantastic experience playing in uh, Bulgaria. So we'll see how he gets on at uh, at right back. I'd imagine he would be a starter. Uh, moving forward, if uh, you mentioned Stephen Kelly, there Ross Draper is another one they've got from uh, from Inverness. Had uh, Ian Viger is another one. Billy Mackay is another one that played for Inverness. Yeah. Uh, I like Ross Stewart actually. I think he's quite a good player. Yeah. He's probably um, probably one of my favourite players in that squad. I would say in terms of actual ability, they've got Ollie Shaw from Hibs. I remember when they signed Billy Mackay. I really thought Billy Mackay would. Um, Scored a lot of goals for them, and he, he didn't really hit the hit the heights no. as much as I thought. He got seventeen goals in uh, twenty four games in eighteen nineteen, but he only got seven goals in twenty seven games last season, and he is now thirty one. So I, I don't know. They don't seem to have an awful lot of firepower in attack. They've got Lee Irwin, and I remember he was quite good at Motherwell. I liked him at Motherwell. They've got Blair Spittle and uh, Josh Mullen, who are two talented wingers. But um, I've got my doubts of, of just how safe this Ross County team will be this season. I think they'll be bottom half of the table, definitely, and I would say about 10th, probably. I'd actually take the opposite view from Jamie. I think that sort of Erwin, Mackay, Stewart and Shaw is a fairly competent sort of premiership strike force, and it's yeah. more further back where Ross County need to be 
concerned. And they've also got like the likes of Michael Gardine and Blair Spittler who can be creative on their day, just a bit of lack of consistency. But I would say that they need to worry defensively, and like we said, especially in goals if they if they get doing and that looks like a good signing. But right now, um, yeah, I'd be worried about the other end of the park. I know, I know, I agree with that because I mean, looking at just the table from last season, they had the they conceded the most goals out of anyone else in the league. Uh, 60 goals conceded in 30 games so 2 a game at least um, and they only scored 29 yeah, so, in 30 uh, games worst goal difference by f- by far by a vast margin yeah. uh, negative 31 so realistically problems all over the shop for Ross yeah. there's not one real yeah. area they stand out so hopefully and it's also going to be a strange season for them considering the co-manager team that got them yes. to where they are and it's now been broken up in the sense that Stephen Ferguson's move upstairs to be CEO and mm. it'll just be Stuart Kettlewell taking charge on the pitch so it'll be interesting to see that how that works because they've been a very successful duo yep. mm-hmm. I, I, I suppose another big season for change for them like there have been for a number of clubs in the Premiership so far we'll move on to St Mirren who got a ninth place finished after I mean purely based on a vastly superior goal difference compared to County that being said, they were also the lowest scoring team in the division. They scored 24 goals in the 30 games. I mean, they've brought in defensive reinforcements. I mean, they got Richard Tate and Joe Shaughnessy after they've been chasing Joe Shaughnessy for a while. But, I mean, Sean, do you think it's going to be enough to keep them up this season? Um, I'm, I do worry for St Mirren. I'm sort of taking the opposite view that I did of um, Ross County, that I think they're actually all right defensively. But it's up front, like you said, that they do really need to to worry. Um, obviously, Fladke's gone, and that's a big blow, considering he's uh, was one of the best goalkeepers yeah. in the division in the last couple of seasons. Jack Annick could be a good appointment, I think. Uh, yeah. Saying, sorry, I think um, Blackpool fans were quite annoyed to not get him back on loan um, after the spell there last season. So, and he never really got much of a looking at Rangers, but hopefully, he can prove himself. Um, for St Mirren I think those defensive scenes are good Marcus Fraser's coming as well a very versatile defender and knows the league at Ross County but you need to score goals to stay in the league Aye. and I do sort of think that they'll be kicking about that playoff spot um, as the season comes to an end and we, we've kind of we've been talking about all these teams and we've not actually mentioned one that's de- that we all think is definitely going down that's going to be finishing 12th dead last and I think that team is Hamilton. Just we've just oh, you're a fool. Now. You're <laughs> a fool. <laughs> Take that back right now. <laughs> J- Jamie, you, I'm, I'm convinced you told me at one point it's the team that like, the Premiership can't get rid of. Yeah, they are um, the Burnley of um, Scottish <laughs> football. And, and you know, look, all, right, all, all jokes aside, um, you can do nothing but admire this Hamilton team. Every season, they are tipped for, for relegation. And I remember when... Um, they got rid of Martin Canning. Everybody says, oh, you are idiots. I can't believe you've done that. The cheek of you, you are Hamilton. You don't even de- deserve to be in the SPL. <laughs> and, you know, now you've gone and sacked your manager because you've lost to St. Johnston or something, say. And everybody thought that they would go- the wheels would fall off when-, when Martin Canning left. And if anything, Brian Rice has done a better job than Martin Canning. I think he's a much better manager because Brian Rice seems to have a bit more of actual attacking intent with this Hamilton team. Um, under Martin Canning, they were really, really painful to watch. Um, obviously, he took over from um, Alex Neal, who, who was, was player manager as well. And Brian Rice then obviously came in, and I've been really impressed with Brian Rice. I'm a huge fan of him. Um, 
not a huge fan of Hamilton, but I'm a huge fan of Brian Rice and what he has done to this um, this Hamilton team. Who um, you could probably see, he, I, I would say that he has um, turned them from an ugly duckling under Martin Canning into a little more um, towards a, a graceful swan in the way they play attackingly. A slightly less ugly duckling. A slightly less, a slightly less uh, ugly duckling and, and uh, painful to watch side into a little more of a, a team that plays with a little more grace. It, it was so close to being poetic there, Jamie. That, that was almost... Crazy. You knew what I meant, yeah. I, I, oh, I knew exactly what you meant. Uh, t- Taylor, we've not heard from you in a little while. How, how would you rate uh, kind of Brian Rice and the job that he's done at Hamilton? Would you agree with what Jamie said so far? I, I'd have to probably echo what Jamie said about I admire Brian Rice. I feel like He's a man who basically will, he'll, he'll adapt to a game by game and he knows when to basically when a central part of the bus and when he knows the best time to attack is. So I feel, I feel like he is a good manager and he's proven it under Hamilton and definitely has turned Hamilton from a Route 1 football into a semi-decent, you know, now they play three passes and then they'll lump it forward kind of team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're actually, it's, it's all about progression with this team but... I feel like having on that team, if you protect them to go down, they're going to stay up. Like, no matter what. Even if you protect them to stay up, they will stay up. It, the pressure can't get rid of them. And I just, I don't know what to have to do. Like, I generally feel like, I, I generally feel like actual nuclear apocalypse could happen and Hamilton still survive in the Premier League. Yeah. Like, seriously. Yeah. Like, it's like, who, everybody thought uh, when Hearts, uh, when the league started, it's like, uh, oh, St Murn. It'll be Simon Hamilton fighting for that last spot. Little did we know Hearts would be there, but you know. To be fair, yeah, no, that was no disrespect to Hamilton. I just don't think anybody expected no, Hearts I, to go I down. Agree. And yeah. stop me in two minutes if I'm still talking here, but the, the, the <laughs> one reason that Hamilton stayed up, the season after season, not just last season at Hearts' expense, but every season is because they just have this effort. They just fight for each other. There's no quality in their team. It's the same with Livingston to an extent. There's no quality in the team. They just like fight for the manager, fight for the fans and Hearts, that Hearts team last season was a joke because they had no fight I in their no team. Fight, they yeah. couldn't, they weren't the arsed. This Hamilton team is the complete polar opposite and that's why they're in the Premiership and that's why they'll still be in the Premiership <laughs> in 20 years time. No, 100% by the way, like, it will always come down to the last five or six games and Hamilton will just turn into like prime Barcelona, start playing passing, <laughs> beating like, they'll actually beat like Murrow, Aberdeen, like three Three, two, four, four, three. Like they'll actually somehow end up going a scoring spree, still outscoring teams. And the league will start; they'll struggle. Every like, oh, this is a year to go down. Rinse, repeat. We we'll go again. Like <laughs> honestly, I don't know what it is. Like, do you remember last season? Hamilton beat Rangers at Ibrox one 0 right? And I yeah. thought the banter years were done about us getting bet. I feel like teams like that. But seriously, could you really expect it? Because it's Hamilton, and that I was actually three points they didn't expect to get. And to be fair, Rangers, Rangers were a bit of a joke. That was just after oh. the. The winter break. That's when you give her Connor Golson tries that. Yeah, I was going to say the, the goal. Yeah, you put the goal on a plate for them as well, if I remember yeah. rightly. Is but, that is that not also the same game where Rangers fans gave Stephen Gerrard a round of applause on the? It was. Yeah, it was <laughs> actually. It was. I think it was. <laughs> you thought game. you thought the banter years were over and they're still that, doing stuff. Taylor, like the banter years so are never finished. Been... I'm sorry, they're not finishing mm. for nah. a long time. <laughs> Small oh, time honestly, club. That, that, that was a that was a that was a game where that's a game where it just. I was calamitous all over. I'm just gonna put it that way. Just start to finish. It was absolute ready, is what it was. <laughs> I'm so perfect. Like, so ready. 
Well, with with, the, with all that said, I, I can say for sure I've never heard Jamie more passionate about something in my life. That's the that's the most passionate I've heard him talk about anything that he's had in the last like what year we've done working working with energy. Do you think? G- genuinely, like see, even like the fu- the first couple of Watford rants you went on. That mm. you speaking about Hamilton today. That's... Goodness, I'm su- that surprises me a wee bit because I mean Watford. To be fair, if we'd done a podcast the now after Watford had been relegated, I'm sure I would have probably given that some competition because I, I could have just ranted about Pearson for an hour. Oh, you, but that's that's interesting to hear anyway. No, <laughs> just a bit self-reflective for you, Jamie. Just give yeah, no. to go back on. Uh, well, we predicted, we've all kind of given an insight into who we think are uh, winning the league. Uh, but just before we kind of wrap up, who do we think is going down this season? Who do we think is finishing in that last spot? May as well just guess the lottery numbers at this point because every team just looks like they're going to go down. Like, they look like they're going to finish in the top six or just go down. That's it. Honestly. Yeah, I think it'll be really close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm willing to stick, really stick my neck out and say I do think this is the season Hamilton go down. I think like, the, the number of players they've lost over yeah. the summer, I mean, you took Gogic, McGowan, Luke Southwood was fantastic in goals for them, Miko Miller's gone down to Rotherham. It's just so many, and, and they, they always have a bit of a turnover. But I think this is sort of um, out with anything of, of that sort of scale. I mean, players have brought in Ross Callahan. Don't think too much ability. It's got no ability. Jimmy's, react, Jimmy's reaction <laughs> says it all. Um, so I'm not. They did just. I can't remember his name, but they've signed. Um, a striker from FC United of Manchester who scored 35 goals last season. I mean, I don't know what the standards like at FC United of Manchester, but that's pretty impressive for anyone. Um, but I, I do just think this is the season. I know we're talking about nuclear apocalypse season and all that sort of <laughs> stuff, but um, I, I think it's time to call it a day. <laughs> what, what, what about you, the other two boys, Taylor? Who do, who do you think is going to get the boot from the, the Premiership this season? Uh, uh, I think it's going to be Dundee United. They're going to yep. go straight back down. Yep. Yeah. Dundee United's my pick. I was going. To, I was the more Ross County. I feel believe will go down, but I generally do believe it's Dundee United. They, they've lost Robbie Nielsen, which probably is a great appointment for Hearts, so they'll be straight back up. But uh, aye, Robbie, they've they've got nothing. I'm sorry, Shanklin ain't saving them because Shanklin won't be there. For much yeah, you know, mm-hmm. Shankland is obviously a huge, a huge talking point, and um, you know they they haven't really strengthened. And you know, as we touched on, there there was that championship last uh, the championship season last year. They, they they did drop quite a lot of points against mm-hmm. teams that they never really should have dropped points against. So for me, that that's that side that okay strolled the championship when. Dundee, you know, again, it promised so much before the season. I really thought it was going to be quite a close um, close season between the two of them because Dundee United just didn't really look like getting up. Obviously, they, they played St. Mirren in the playoff the season before and missed all their penalties. So they just didn't really look like getting up for me. So I thought it would be quite close between Dundee and, um, and Dundee United. But it wasn't. And no. I think that says more about Dundee than it does about Dundee United, to be honest. Um so for me, uh, the, if Shanklin goes as well, then there's no doubt in my mind. I think that Dungeon Eight will go down because they just won't have they won't have goals. Um, but I think the creativity 
aspect. I like guys like Paul McMullen and Peter Pollitt and that, but I do think they have to... Peter Pollitt obviously was, was very good for Aberdeen, but that was a number of years ago in the Premiership now. And, you know, McMullen, can he make the step up? I'm not... I've got my doubts, put it that way. So and, I already um, hear certain Dundee United fans going, oh, but Nicky Corkson as well, he's been on goals. Like, seriously. Yeah. You, if you're riding <laughs> Nicky Cork, you know that you're actually in trouble. Yeah. Like, you can't have him as your main man. That's like Aberdeen... <clears throat> Even though he's injured for the weekend, but that's the Aberdeen just pinning the hopes that Curtis May could be the next Cosgrove. Yeah. Like, seriously, it's just no happening. Nah, for me, Dungeon United. I think, well, I'll, I'll, I'll echo that to an extent. I think, uh, for me, it's between United and St Mirren, personally, because I just... For, for me, if United lose uh, Shankland, they go down. Like, yeah. Shankland would... He yeah. will win them, like, a few points like, on his own, realistically, with his goals. St Mirren just don't have a goal scorer like that. Yeah. We've seen that already. We saw that last season, and I think if they don't get anyone in, then they're just going to be in a lot of trouble because you can't just sit and hope that your backline doesn't get broken down when you know it will eventually. When you come up yeah. against a Motherwell or Rangers or Celtic, and you just ship like two or three easily. So I think it's between the two for me. I can't really settle on one at the moment. Yeah, that's my that's my bottom two. I would say. Mm-hmm. I want to give an honourable mention. I know Sean's probably going to give me a right left right <laughs> make here, but I generally think Kelly might have a bad year this year. Just going with everything that happened, I generally do believe they could probably just be above that playoff spot. I don't know. I just they don't seem to be. I don't know. Just with the tournament manager, be uh, Alex Dyer not being full appointment. I I don't have much belief for them, but I I'm hoping to be proved wrong because I do have a lot of admiration for Kelly. Yeah, I don't know if that's a horrendous shout, to be fair. I just think mm. um, when you look at the likes of uh, Stuart Finlay, Eamon Brophy, yeah. uh, Alan Power, Gary Dicker, I think we do just have enough to not be yeah. dragged in. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Just um, me and Jack were talking about uh, stories breaking um, on podcasts. I just saw that um, Nicholas Sturgeon's announced that from the 14th of September, outdoor sports events with spectators of limited numbers can take place. So... Oh. Oh. Not too long until we can have fans back inside Scottish stadiums. Excellent oh. news. Oh, oh that's, brilliant. That's that means champi- championship oh. football starts back with fans. Yes. And Jamie, how good is um, Hearts Dundee on the first day of the season? Hearts Dundee on the first day of the season and I will get to go to Arbroath for the third time on the second <laughs> game of the season, which I'm very much looking forward to. It's been 25 degrees plus the previous two times because it's been a pre-season friendly. But uh, this time it'll be October, obviously, October so uh, I think it'll be uh, pretty cold up there. I think that's tremendous part of putting Hearts versus Dundee. In the well, did you see Dundee's tweet as well? Dundee, I did um, see that, yeah. yeah. So Dundee said, oh, we will face uh, relegated Hearts on the first day of the season. <laughs> it's like, right. <laughs> Just digging the knife a little bit deeper in with that one there. Oh, I love, I love Scottish football, I can't wait for that. Oh, I'm yeah, so glad it's yeah. back. You would only get that up here, to be fair. You wouldn't get that anywhere else. With 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 that statement there, you would not get that anywhere else. We're glad it's back. We hope you're glad it's back, and that kind of wraps things up for this kind of season preview podcast, like in a greater one. I know Sean's been doing one with kind of each individual team, but it was good to get the boys together and get a full kind of season preview done. Uh, we at Energy Sport, we're all very excited about it returning, and we'll be looking at ways of getting some great content out revolving around the Premiership and beyond the leagues like the Championship. And if there's anything substantial, if I get my way, there'll be plenty of United content coming once the league returns in October. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Energy Sport podcast feed wherever you get your podcast from, and follow us over on Twitter at Energy Sport. A big thank you to Jamie Taylor and Sean for joining me today. It's been good having you on, boys, and getting a 
good wee chat about the Scottish football before it comes back. Uh, my name's been Jack Donnelly. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time.